Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. I've got a lot to, that I want to cover in a short amount of time, just to, but it's just really stuff from my heart. I hope that's okay. Bronson and I were talking. And I really think right now, just in general, it's just like, what else are we going to do but just get real and talk about what's going on? And so that's, I'm going to try to share something that God has really just shared with me. But before we, we kind of get into that, I think it's the obligatory pastoral thing to do to show a picture of your family. So there, that's, that's my, oh, see, and then you guys do what you're supposed to do, and you did the awe, so that's, I mean, that's it right there. Uh, That's my little son, Liam, he's amazing. Uh, Right now, we're potty training him, and apparently with boys, we don't really, I don't know how to do this, because we've only had one child that's a boy, and they just, they have to go pantsless constantly, or they just go everywhere in their their underwear. So he is running around naked constantly. We're not bringing him to church for obvious reasons. Um, that's my bride, Katerina. She'll be here at the next service. She's German and amazing. She has a voice like this. Hello, how are you doing? So sexy. Okay. Anyway, um, wow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Too far. See, I'm already breaking rules. Okay, and then that's my daughter, Maya, who's sweet and amazing. That's my family. So, my family. Okay, so now, like, okay, that's the fam. Everything's good. We look so happy. Except for a lot of times we're not, okay? Because right now we're just we're in this world that everybody's in where we're quarantined and we're we're locked in. And, you know, my wife has done so great through this time until they said they may delay the start of school. okay? and then I saw the fire of thousand suns come into her eyes and she was just like, Chris, I will kill you and everyone in my sight if you do not make school happen. I'm like, babe, I can't control COVID. And she was like, it is over for you then. You know, so, um, you know, we were driving the other day, both of us. Uh, in different places, and uh, both of our cars on the same day just stopped working. Anybody ever had this kind of thing happen? Like, literally, our cars wouldn't turn on. We're on the phone with each other, like, come help me. No, you come help me. You know, it was just this, and, it, you know, we're like, what else? And, okay, so basically, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, what what else could happen in 2020? What else could come to cause stress or or fractured relationships, or fear, or, or whatever. And so I just decided, I'm just going to ask God, what else do you want? What do you want from me in this time? And my single point that I have that I want you guys to write down is simplify and apply. That's this entire message. That's all that it's about. So if you got to get somewhere in a hurry, you can just leave. But it's, it's just simplify and apply. I'm going to get into this. We're going to dig in. But in all seriousness, you guys, right now in our world, I believe we need a simple message from Jesus. I believe not like so that we can go out. We need that too. go out and bring it to people. But you need a simple message from Jesus. You need a simple word from the Lord. You need the living word to be alive in you again. And it needs to be simple and it needs to be applied because 2020 is just too complicated. Okay. So we've got to get something from God that's real and it's authentic and it's with us. And so all joking about delayed school aside and car problems aside, listen, my family, extended members of my family have seen addiction come back into their world during this time. Major addiction. Grip them again. I bet you know some people who are going through that. My family, I'm not talking about, oh, I know this guy from 20 years ago. No, no. my family has seen depression rear up again and control a life in my family. 
My family has seen people going through financial struggles where they had to move from one state to the next to live with some my family. And so I want you guys to understand it is I love you and I'm here just today, hopefully to give you just a little encouragement from the Lord if your family has seen some of those things and maybe worse. I love you. My heart goes out to you. Let's get some encouragement from the only place we can, from the King. Amen. God, we just welcome you for just a moment to help us. If anybody here knows anybody or in their immediate family or even they themselves that are going through some of those things that I listed and other things, this seems like the year where we're all being touched by some of these struggles. So we need more of a touch from heaven than ever before. So today, God, I pray that through this simple message, you could encourage us and help us to apply some things that maybe we had forgotten and help us live these things out in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I have a theory. It's just a theory. Can't prove it. Just a theory. But I think that if Jesus were to show up, I have this idea of if we asked him these questions, and here are the questions. If we asked Jesus, bam, Jesus is here. What's the question? The question is, Jesus, would you rather us know more of your word or live more of your word? What would Jesus say? Now, there's going to be a group of people in here, and they're going to be boldly say, he would want us to know his word, because if we're not meditating on his word, how can we live it if we don't know it? But then there'd be another group of people that would be like, no, 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 it doesn't matter how much head knowledge you have. It's got to be heart knowledge. It's got to be lived out, so you got to live it. He would say, live it. So we'd be arguing, live it, know it, live it, know it. I've got to, I believe the answer is Jesus would say, live what you know. I think he would, he would take both groups and bring them together and say, we need to live what you know. And the problem I've got, and again, I'm not at my campus, so I can just throw down a little bit extra today, is I see a world in, in, in the South where Christians have so much knowledge, but so little action. So many things that they want to stand and argue about, but so few times they just want to be the good Samaritan and live it out. And what I want to do is challenge myself to go back to what were those original things that made me want to be a believer, that made me want to follow Christ, that rescued me out of addiction and brokenness and a near busted up marriage. What are those things? And I want to put them back in my heart and then just live them every day. But I'll tell you what happened to me is I got too complicated. I made the gospel too confusing. I made the word of God like I have to know every single bit of it. I believe Christians, if you would take the 1% that you know and live it to the 100% fullness, this world would change. Your world would change. And so today it's about simplifying and applying. And I want you to know, I, I, I did a little research on one biblical character that I want to look into. But before we get into this guy, Solomon, we're going to look at what if he did this? What if Solomon would have simplified and applied? It's going to be encouraging, I think. But first, a scripture you know well, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. The reason I got to read this one is because we got to come from a place of humility to get anything out of this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will restore their land. So I'm just asking everybody, let's have a humble heart. Let's check ourselves this morning and say, God, Speak to me about this. Encourage me. So Solomon, I had this conversation recently with a friend and we were talking about how does a dude that has everything, has literally the richest person in the world. I mean, literally, if you look at the stats and he's by far the most wealthy human being to ever live on planet Earth. This incredibly successful person in Ecclesiastes 1-2 said, 
meaningless exclamation point meaningless exclamation point says the teacher Uh oh utterly meaningless everything is meaningless he's really emphasizing his point everything is meaningless how do you get to that place how do you get to a place where you say everything is meaningless i'm not going to ask for a show of hands but i think a few of us in here maybe even in the year 2020 have uttered such words this is meaningless and again, while we're being real, and I've talked to Bronson about this, talked to many pastors about this, I've looked at things that I've done in my life and gone, were those meaningless? Were these things meaningless? And I'll tell you, if we stray away from the simplicity of the Word of God, even for a little bit, things start to seem meaningless. We've got to get them back in our heart and live by them. So if Solomon, okay, we, well, I want to propose this idea here. Solomon knew the scriptures. He knew the law, which was the first books of the Bible. In Deuteronomy 17, 18, we know that when he sits on the throne as a king, he must copy for himself this body of instruction on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. This would be like if Bronson and I were like, yeah, Pastor Rick, we want to be pastors. And he was like, great, sit down and write the first five books of the Bible while I watch. Like that's, that's what was happening. To be a king in this time, the king had to sit down and they would watch him write the scriptures on scrolls. This would be so that their king and this, their nation would know the word. But why is this important? It's important so that you guys know Solomon would have seen these scriptures. And if he would have just listened to one of the 5,853, just one, if he would have taken it to heart and ran after it and lived by it, I'm telling you right now, his world would have been different. He may not have got to that place where he said meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. This is the scripture. Deuteronomy 17, 17. He must not take many wives, or his heart will be led astray. He must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. Okay, let's just look at this scripture right here. This, there are 5,853. If he would have just said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to do, I'm gonna, I, I wrote this. I know this. I'm going to run after this. I'm going to make sure that I don't have many wives. I'm going to make sure that I'm not building up wealth apart from who you are. Let's see how he did with this. First Kings, jumping into his life. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. Not sure if you're aware of what those were for. Um, his wives led him astray. Okay, listen, everybody look here. Um, I'm not a math guy, but it would be very difficult <laughs> For him to spend time, quality time, if any of their uh, love languages were quality time or physical touch. I mean, it would just be a very difficult world, okay, for Solomon with a thousand, a thousand, 700 wives, 300 concubines. And here's the thing, you guys. The reason that he did this was for power and pleasure. The, the, the women, the wives he took were alliances with other nations, power. The concubines he took, pleasure. So he decided, you know what, I, I, I remember that one of 5,000, but uh, this power and this pleasure, I'm going to run after this. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, meaningless, meaningless, as the heart of his dad, David, 
had been. Just one of those scriptures, if you would live by. Let's see how he did with the other deal. Accumulating wealth, 1 Kings 10, 14. We see how he did there. The weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents. Listen, Ozzy Osbourne has not taught me much, but he has taught me that that's not a good number. So just real quick, a little bit of advice. If your boss says, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you a raise and you're going to get $666. Just say, hey, buddy, keep the change, you know, or whatever. Like, just give him a buck back. That's just the mark of the beast. No bueno. All right. But anyway, so he's got this, all this money coming in, 666 talents, not including the revenues from the merchants and the traders from all the Arabian kings and the governors of the territories. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. He's getting so bored with the amount of gold that he's got, he's starting to make shields out of it. 600 shekels of gold went into each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold. I don't know if there were hobbits back then. Anyway, with three minas of gold in each shield, the king put them in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Okay, how did, how did Solomon do with the gold and the silver? He, he went way past accumulating gold and silver. He went into building it into this false god, into this show of his power, and it led him astray. It led him away from who God intended for him to be. At the end of his life, Solomon looked back and he had this to say in Ecclesiastes. So we're back in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. It was meaningless, meaningless, but here's his conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Let's go real quick. Just stay right here. I want to look at this, fear God and obey his commands. To me, when I read this, I think, love God. Put him in a place where I love the Lord, and it makes me want to honor him and live for him and obey what I know. I don't believe you're going to be accountable for that, you know, flip open the Bible and go like this and point at it. But I'll tell you what, I think we're going to be accountable for those things that we know, those scriptures that, we, that were in our heart, but they're just gone. I think we've got to bring them back and, and plant them in our lives. And so there's a good example of a guy that if he just would have lived by less than 1%, if he would have had one wife, a lot less complication there for him, <laughs> Okay, and if he would have done with his wealth what God asked him to do, I don't think he would have written in Ecclesiastes, meaningless, meaningless. Well, what's your one thing? What's that scripture that used to just get you on fire? I've got mine. I'm going to share it in a second, but first a quick story. So the other day I was with my kids. We went to a lake. It was like blazing hot. And Mamel, there's this little lake called Lake Willestein, or if you're my wife, Lake Villastein. Anyway, so we were there. And um, my kids wanted to throw rocks. My son just, if he finds any body of water, it doesn't matter. It could be like a puddle out there and there are rocks nearby. It's just, he'll stay there. So anyway, so he's doing that. My daughter was like, I want to go explore. My son wants to chill and throw rocks. I'm like, babe, like you can walk over there, but I'm going to stay here and throw rocks with Liam. So I'm, I'm throwing rocks. And I see this stick out in the water and I'm just like aiming at it. Well, all of a sudden my daughter gets my son to walk away. So I'm just standing there. 
throwing rocks, you know, aiming at the stick because once a guy gets something in his head, he just does keeps, you know what I'm saying? It's like the goal. I had to hit the thing. Well, I get this, I get this call a few days later from a guy that goes to GLR, and he was like, hey, Pastor Chris, voicemail, I just wanted to call and check on you, man. I, I saw <laughs> I saw you alone at the, at the lake just <laughs> throwing rocks in the lake by yourself, and you looked really sad, and I got the picture of what, of what this had to have looked like. Just me by myself, by like, I mean, because I was really focused, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, you know, everybody's depressed, everybody's got COVID or whatever, like everybody's freaking out, and there's Pastor Chris. He's lost his mind. He's standing at this lake, just throwing rocks in, you know? And so anyway, so it was really funny, but I called him and I had an opportunity to give him the Christian answer because I, I really wasn't depressed standing at the edge of a lake. I was like, my kids, <laughs> so I'm like fumbling through like, wow, my kids and I was good. And I stopped and I was like, you know what? I have lost a little bit of hope. You know what? Like I am a little sad more often. And so I just told this random dude that I said, you know, man, my kids were there and I was there. But honestly, man, I'm glad you called because I could use prayer. I appreciate you being willing to call and check on me. Will you pray for me? And I just want to encourage you, whether you get busted alone at a lake, you know, tossing pebbles in like a depressed, lonely person or. You're just really just, you know, every day you got the, you know, the look and you're looking good or whatever. But if you are going through something, be real with somebody about it. Be honest. And so I'm being real with you today. Like there's been moments, big time moments where I've had to go, God, where are you? Who are you? What next? And he brought me back to the one scripture that started all this, a scripture that I said so many times to young people when I was a youth pastor, I mean, standing on the edge of stages, looking into people's eyes, believing it with all my heart. Now I don't even believe it for myself. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to me. This is his word, a letter to me, God writing something for me, for my family, and for you if you'll receive it today. He's declaring it over you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I just began to get up in the morning, and instead of just going to where the natural feelings were, I started standing on some faith and saying, God, you know the plans you have for me, plans to prosper me, plans of hope and a future. COVID's got nothing on the future you have for me. This feeling I have has nothing on the future you have for me. This doubt I have, even if it's doubt in you, has nothing on the truth of your never-changing, always true, incredible, powerful, life-changing word. And so I'm going to hold on to this one thing. I got nothing else. I'm not a scholar. I'm not trying to be. I'm not a doctor. I don't have a doctorate. I don't have that. But I know this. I know this one thing. And you know what God began to reveal to me? For years, I've been living by checklists. I'm almost thankful for this season at this point. Because for years, I'd wake up every day and think, well, I got to get in the Word this amount of time. And if I'm not, then I'm not a good pastor. And I better memorize this. If I don't, I'm not a good pastor. If I'm not a good person, I'm not a good Christian. God's just been tearing all that down in me. It's about, hey, do you have this in your heart? Live it. What's your one word? That thing that you had in your heart, that thing you were blaring from the rooftops of your life that suddenly has been reduced to not even a whisper in your soul.
It's that one thing I'm asking you today to simplify and apply. 2020 is too complicated. Let's get simple with it and let's apply what it is. Here's one for you. Be anxious for nothing, but all things come on with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Let's let our request be known to a loving God who's here for us. He's there for us. And a peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts in Christ. Man, that's one I got, right? But many days I'm not living it. You just put me in some bad traffic and I'm not living it. (laughs) I'm anxious. I think God wants us to slow down. Let's not be like Solomon looking for power and pleasure everywhere we can finding and hoarding it and accumulating it. Let's be more like Solomon's dad, David. Just some young kid with no clue slinging stones and taking out giants. That's who I want to be. And God's telling you, you can be that person. He knelt down. Ooh, come on, man. I hope you all feeling the spirit of God. He knelt down. The complication of the armor that that big old giant had across the way. Oh, it weighed this much and it looked this good. It was that powerful and everybody was scared. And he leaned down and he picked up some natural stone and it only took one. One. I believe God's got one stone he wants to give you that you're going to sling at your enemy and take them down. God, I pray this over all these people here today. Help us, Lord, to find that one rock that you want us to hold on to and then let loose of when the time is right. Mine is you know the future you have for me, and I'm standing on it, and I'm going to go after it. I pray for each person here to find a promise, to believe in the promise. And so if you're here, nobody's looking around. I, I I didn't even ask Bronson how we typically do this here, but I just want you to do a simple thing. I want you to lift your arms just out in front of you. If you want to receive something from God and you need it, just put them out in front of you and receive it. One, two, three, come on. God, I pray for those, their hands are open. They're receiving. Right now, there's a word coming to their heart. They don't, maybe they don't know the reference, where it is in scripture. You don't care about that. It's a promise that they're remembering and it's brought to their heart. God, it might be an encouraging word that a pastor spoke over them, a prophetic word that someone said to them at some point in their life and somehow it's died out and the voices of negativity have taken over. Lord, you are silencing the voices of negativity and you are amplifying the voice of hope and encouragement because you speak through your people. Lord God, right now they're receiving it and they're taking it. And our open hands don't just mean we're receiving it now. It means we're going to carry it with us. And your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so as we walk, it's going to bring a lightness and a freedom in these heavy times. It's going to bring a hope where there wasn't any hope. And so I pray this over my friends here today. I need this myself today. So you know that, God, I've been praying the same way to you. I need you. We need you. We claim that simple thing. And we thank you for this time in your presence as we worship your holy name. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.